Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and I'm joined once again by my good friend, Evan Etheridge. How you doing, man? Yo, yo, what's up, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. We got a we got a good good amount of stuff to talk about today, uh, especially with the Braves after just having nothing for a few weeks on end. I uh, got some Hawks to talk about. They had a interesting week to say the least. Uh, so yeah, no Falcons game yesterday, so not much Falcons to talk. But yeah, we can get right into this Braves stuff. Uh, a lot more than I thought we we're gonna have to talk about. Uh, but the winter meetings last week they came and went, and really the entire winter meetings the Braves didn't do anything. Uh, which was pretty surprising because it was very busy for a lot of other teams in baseball. But uh, I believe the day after winter meetings, they made the Joe Jimenez trade, which we'll talk about in a second. But first, we got to talk about Sean Murphy and this entire deal that went down earlier today. Uh, I think, was it last Sunday that the, those reports came out that it looked like the Bears were going to trade for him? Was that two weeks ago? I it, think was it was eight last, days ago. Eight days ago, yeah. So last Sunday. Yeah. So uh, local, it looked like last Sunday the Braves were going to get Sean Murphy. Then it looked like they weren't. And today they did get him. So uh, I'll read the uh, full details of this pretty weird, wild trade between uh, the Braves, the A's, and the Brewers. Uh, the Braves just get Sean Murphy. It's the only thing they're getting in this trade. Uh, they are sending to Oakland Kyle Muller, who is the number one prospect in the Braves system, or was, I should say. Um, they're giving up Freddie Tarnick, who was number six prospect. Uh, Royber Salinas, who was the number 18 prospect. And Manny Pena. Uh to the A's and then to the Brewers, they are sending William <clears throat> William Contreras, sorry, and uh, Justin Yeager uh, to the Brewers and the other guys are in the trade. Uh, what's his? How do I say his name? Estri Ruiz from the Brewers is going to the A's, and the Brewers are getting Joel Payamps. I'm probably saying these names just completely wrong, uh, but he's going to the Brewers. So uh, yeah, just um, on its face, what do you think about this trade? What is your first reaction to it? Wow. Um, big trade. Um, uh, yeah, the news news, I think it was eight days ago. We said, uh, it, they, it showed that we were linked to Sean Murphy. We were close to getting him. Um, and then it kind of went cold for a little while. And then Jeff Hassan hit us with a bomb today. Um, I know me and you were right on top of the notification. Oh yeah. Um, we were just, I, I was just super stoked to see some activity. Um, we still haven't signed anybody, you know, but to get a trade going, um, feels good. Um, but this one is kind of interesting. Um, you know, just looking at it, we do, you know, I thought we were kind of set catcher wise. Um, and then the rumors popped up last week. So it was kind of weird to see that we were linked to Sean Murphy. Um, you know, but we did a deal with the A's last year and, you know, we're kind of, kind of scrapped the gold off their, off their bad team, I guess. Again, uh, Sean Murphy is a solid player. Um, I think he's going to mesh well with Travis Darnold behind the plate defensively it's great um but it's just kind of questionable giving up your your dh really in Contreras, and um yeah just a weird trade yeah what do you think yeah it is weird um just all around i mean kind of came across my radar this morning shout out to my guy talking jake i love that guy he was on top of everything with this one he like was teasing it he said it's between the a's braves and brewers and when he said that the gear started turning thinking it was sean murphy um, I for I don't know about you, but for a good, I mean, this trade was just trickling in one by one with the players. It was kind of odd to see. Um, like every five minutes, a new guy was getting added to the trade. 
And honestly, I was sitting around waiting for William Thomas to be added to this trade with the way things were looking. Uh didn't end up happening, but it seemed like like that way for a while. But um yeah, for the Brave side of this, it's um it's a lot. They give up a lot for Sean Murphy. Um, it's kind of weird. You mentioned we'd made the trade with the A's last year for Matt Olson. I kind of think we, I mean, obviously hindsight's 2020, but, uh, and some of the guys we sent over to the A's for Matt Olson haven't worked out great in their first years there, but it seems like this might be a bigger haul to Oakland than we give up for Matt Olson, which um, a lot of that is some of the shine off of Christian Pache is worn off because he had another rough year and the two pitchers we sent to Oakland have bad years in the minors. But I mean, this is a lot. And especially giving up Contreras, who he doesn't go to Oakland. He goes to Milwaukee. That's a big deal. I mean, he was awesome last year, obviously. And he was kind of the DH uh, up until today, really. And uh, it is a, it's it's a really weird trade. But, um, yeah, let's talk about Sean Murphy a little bit, though, to kind of get deeper into his profile. Um, he's really good. I mean, I think, I think the Braves are getting the best player in this deal. I know some people might think Contreras is better than Murphy. I don't think so yet. Murphy's just so good behind the plate. Um, great framer, can throw guys out. One of the last guys in the league that can throw guys out. Um, and he can hit too. And he's playing in a terrible hitter's ballpark and he still hits. So uh, he had a 120 OPS plus last year. That's really good for a catcher, obviously. And those numbers are just going to go up as he's going from Oakland, which I think is 30th in park factor. So it's like the worst place to hit in baseball to Atlanta, which is like top 10. So and he's got a track record of hitting um, his whole career. Uh, he's got a gold glove in the bag. He got some MVP votes this year, which I didn't know. Uh, so, yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. He's got three years of control left and 27 years old. So, yeah, I think this move is just uh, kind of looking to the future a little bit more, too, because Darno isn't exactly a young man anymore, and uh, he's on his last year of his deal. So, yeah, what do you think of Sean Murphy? Because I, I I think he's really good, but just the price and this, uh, this whole trade went down is just kind of weird. But I still like Sean Murphy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you 100%. I think we got the best player out of this uh, out of this deal. Um, we gave up a lot, but I think Sean Murphy is going to provide a lot of value um, behind the plate. You know, you can you can kind of switch him and and Darno night night in night out. Throw one at DH, one behind the plate. I mean, these guys are going to play all year all year round, and and you know they're very solid behind the plate. I, I think having that threat of throwing guys out, you know, has been gone for a little while in Atlanta. Um, yeah. and to get that back is is fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I I like the trade. It's just you know we won't know until until we know you know really how this yeah. is going to turn out. Yeah, for sure. Time will tell um, with this one. And uh, I kind of want to talk about the Brewers aspect of this trade because my God, they I don't know how this happened because like I mentioned earlier, I thought I was sitting around waiting for the Brewers to add somebody else in this trade whether it was going to be Willie Adamas and the Braves are going to add on some more prospects, go to Milwaukee, or if it was just going to be someone else on the Brewers, I don't know. But, I mean, they made out of this trade like bandits. They they gave up one guy, and they got William Contreras, who was an all-star last year, absolutely raked. He's young. He's under contract for five more seasons. They got another pitcher from the Braves and another pitcher from the A's, which they're not like huge prospects or anything, but it's still prospects. Like, you never know. And all they had to give up was their number eight, number eighth, number eighth, number eight prospect in their system who is a utility guy. Like, you don't need, he doesn't need like a set position. I mean, I've, I've heard he's like a huge base dealer, but I mean, my God, that's great for the Brewers. I, I don't know how that even happened. I don't know why the A's just didn't take Contreras because <laughs> I, I would take Contreras over Ruiz. I, I don't know much about Ruiz, but I have a feeling Contreras is better than him. Uh, so, yeah, do you have any thoughts on like uh, the Oakland? Because I think, I mean, people are really shitting on Oakland for this one. 
I think it's like fine for them. I mean, they they got some good pieces from the Braves, but it's just the Contreras thing is weird of how the Brewers ended up with him. Yeah, it's like it's like Atlanta and Oakland were just locked in this staring contest, and then and yeah, then Milwaukee just swooped in and grabbed the gold. I mean, I I don't really know. They didn't even give up anything hardly. I mean, one prospect um, for Contreras, who was an All Star last year, and pay. Joel P- Piomps, I guess, how you say his name? He's Piamps, solid, man. Piomps. Yeah, yeah, he's like, a solid right-handed pitcher. He throws gas, and, you know, it's just, I don't know. They just, I guess they, What? this is my thoughts on this. I think Atlanta and Oakland were very close last week to getting this done, but something was throwing Oakland off, and um, I'm, I'm not sure. And so Milwaukee just kind of swooped in and 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 just kind of finalized it, I guess, and, and this was – Good for them, man. They they swooped in and got a very solid player and two solid players, really, for nothing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 weird. I mean it is good for them, um, but yeah, my rankings of this trade: Brewers came in first, Braves in second, A's in third. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it was just weird. The way it went down was super weird. How everything was just trickling out so slowly. Um, the fact that this almost happened a week ago and then it just happens now after. Anthopolis said the Braves are going to season with these three catchers, traded two of them away. Like it was just weird. All of it was weird. And um, but I'm happy with it though. I'm not absolutely in love with it, but I think I think the Braves are better next year if they do make the supplementary moves with the rest of the roster that they need to make, which is like shortstop is still a huge question mark. That didn't that didn't get fixed today. Um DH, I don't what do you think about DH? Because I, I'm not sure if they're gonna sign a DH now or if they're just gonna like you mentioned earlier, rotate Murphy and Darno um, with the DH spot. I just don't know because Contreras like was the DH for a lot of last year. I mean, Azuna still on the team, but I just can't imagine they're just going to roll with him. Uh, what do you think? Because I'm like I'm up in the air of what I what I think about that. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of felt like we were set at DH, and and really we just needed to fill the two holes at uh, shortstop and left field. Um, and this kind of throws everything into a blender. Um, you know, there's question marks at DH now, um, you know, especially if one of these guys can't go, you know, they need a day off. Who are you going to throw in DH? Um, yeah. I and mean, it's just kind of questionable because, you know, you could rely on Contreras to, to bat. I mean, he had fantastic stats last year uh, in limited playing time, really. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. This just kind of, it just kind of sets, it's just kind of setting us up to, to sign somebody now. I mean, a lot of big names still out there. I know JD Martinez still in left field. I'd like, you know, he he still got some pop in him. Um, you know, maybe DH him. You know, there's a lot of questions, man, and this kind of opens up another hole at DH a little bit. You know, raises some some questions for sure. Yeah, no, I was thinking about JD Martinez earlier. I was thinking like him, Michael Brantley, one of those guys uh, that could slot in there. Uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh... It's weird, weird situation at DH now because they do have options, I guess you could say, with Ozuna, even Vaughn Grissom. <clears throat> if they do go get a bring back Dansby or whatever, Vaughn showed they could hit a little bit next year. So maybe they want to try him at DH, maybe try him in left field also. Um, I don't know. But uh yeah, it's just a weird trade. I think the Braves I think like looking back of how the Braves kind of used Contreras at the end of the season last year when they were kind of playing Ozuna over him at times that kind of like makes a little more sense now that they probably just didn't love Contreras like as much as other people did. They weren't as high on him. So looking back on that, that kind of makes sense now that because back like during the Mets series and the playoff series, you know, Zuna was getting the DH starts. Everybody was just like, what the hell? Like, what are we doing? Where's Contreras? 
So that kind of that kind of adds up now. I guess they just didn't love Contreras. I guess they, I mean, obviously defensively he's not the greatest, um, but I do think he got better last year. But yeah, it's a it's a weird trade. But Sean Murphy's good. He's very good, and he's right in his prime. And I think he can be better in Atlanta, a better ballpark, better situation. On a on, not on the A's. Like I mean, I'm just sure getting out of Oakland just raises your entire morale by. I don't know, hundred percent getting out of that terrible ballpark and bad team and going to the Braves who are going to be a contender. So uh, yeah, you got any uh, final thoughts on this one before we talk about the next trade? No, I don't. I think we, I think we covered everything. I'm just excited to, to see Sean Murphy in, in uniform and, and playing with a competitive team for sure. Yeah, me too. So we can talk about uh, the next one here. This was, this one actually happened a few days ago before the Sean Murphy trade. Um, but uh, the Braves got a reliever, uh, Joe Jimenez, from the Detroit Tigers is with the Braves and they gave up another interesting package of prospects, uh, Justin Henry Malloy, who uh, at the time was the number one position player in the Braves system. I know people probably say, isn't Vaughn the number one uh, position player in the system, but I think he graduated last year. So he's not technically a prospect anymore, even though he kind of is. Uh, so he really just probably the number two batter in the system was Malloy and uh, Jake Higginbotham, which, uh, no disrespect to Jake Higginbotham, but I didn't never heard that name until he got traded the other day. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was another trade that people were kind of up in the air about because Malloy is pretty good. And uh, Joe Jimenez, while he was really good last year, he's only under contract for one more season. And last year was really his first good year in the big league. So what do you think about this one? Because uh, they needed someone to replace Kinley, who signed with the Red Sox. On the same day this happened, so it might have just been like a reactionary move by the Braves after Kinley signed. But uh, what do you think about Joe Jimenez? Because he's it's definitely an interesting trade too. Yeah, after a couple down years with Detroit, he had his, one of his probably his best year yet. Um, you know, looking at his baseball saving page, very good stuff. Um, you know, just a little he gets he gets hit hard, hard a lot. Um, but you know, everything else is is K rate, is batting average, slugging, walks. All that, all the good stuff is is in the red, and that's what you want to see. Um, but we did give up a lot. There's no doubt. Malloy he definitely could have turned into something, but we'll never know. Uh, prospects are kind of just like, you know, I don't know how you feel about trading prospects, but sometimes it's just all hype, all potential, and only time will tell. So um, Joe Jimenez definitely fills a fills a hole we needed. Um, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, like Sean Murphy, he's he was on a bad team. And so, you know, some of his stats are inflated for sure. And I just want to see him on a competitive team and um, in high pressure situations. And we'll definitely be able to get a good reading off of him then. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, last year was, I think, for sure his best year. Lowest ERA of his career, three four nine, um, Struck out a bunch of guys, uh, 77 strikeouts and about 57 innings. And like you said, he doesn't walk anybody. He doesn't give up a lot of homers, especially last year. So his FIP was down to a two. So he kind of got a little bit unlucky also uh, with the ERA there. But uh, yeah, um, the whole the Malloy thing, it's uh, when I saw this trade come through, it was a bit surprising because if if I saw the Braves were trading Malloy, I thought would like maybe he was be in this deal for Sean Murphy, like for like a bigger name guy with more years of control. I like Joe Jimenez. I think he's going to be good. And he, he was, it was definitely necessary for the Braves to get another righty in the bullpen after Kinley was gone. Uh, so I don't really have any problems with that. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a reliever. Relievers are volatile in nature. It's just how it is. And he's only under contract for one season. So that just kind of leaves you, like, open for some risk here. 
uh, for sure. Because if Joe Jimenez gets to spring training and he hurts his arm, like you're done. Like it's he's he's a, just one year, you know. And you gave up one of your better prospects for kind of nothing at that point. I mean, I don't, I'm not projecting that to happen, but just you never know with relievers. Uh, they're just a very uh, volatile thing in general. But uh, yeah, it's a it was a needed trade, um, you know. But uh, yeah, it, it was uh, just another kind of weird one, weird one. And Topol's putting his neck out there a little bit this week for sure. Uh, but uh, he knows what he's doing. He, he's got my trust after the great moves that he's made in the past. But uh, yeah, it's uh, just still the the offseason is just not finished. We don't have the finished picture. So I'm going to wait for that before I pass on too much judgment. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting start. The Braves have had a kind of weird start to the offseason as far as their moves go. Uh, so yeah, like we said, though, still got holes and uh, short, at shortstop and left field. So I guess we could wrap up with that. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about the shortstop situation right now? Uh, because Xander Bogarts is off the board. He signed with the Padres last week. So as far as free agents goes, Dan's being Correa. I don't I don't know how you feel about that. What what do you think should happen there? Yeah, they keep they keep setting the market higher and higher for these guys. Um I'm 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 losing more and more confidence that we're gonna re-sign Dansby. I you know, I just you know that rumor. Six years, 140 million. That's roughly 22, 23 million dollars a year. I I don't even think that's a bad deal at this point. Um, but apparently the Braves and and Dansby haven't had good relations. Imagine that because he's got Freddie's agent. Yeah. So that could be playing a part. I I just don't know. I think I think it's becoming more and more likely, like we said last week, that Von Grissom is your starting shortstop. Yeah, especially after today, because. Of the Willie Adamas stuff, I thought that was going to be the they're going to try to knock it all out in one day. It didn't happen, and uh, it, don't, it doesn't appear that the Brewers are going to be trading Willie Adamas. Um, they're trying to they're still trying to win, which I get. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, Xander Bogart's got a pretty ridiculous contract, eleven years for two hundred eighty million dollars. No one thought he was going to get that. Um, and the Padres, I mean, they were just dying to sign somebody. They tried to get Aaron judge and Trey Turner. Uh, so that was just shocking that the Padres handed that out, but just, yeah, what that does to the market and even just the uh, non shortstops, like Brandon Nimmo got paid. Like it just kind of affects the entire thing. Like Nimmo and Dansby don't play the same position, but they're similar in age, stuff like that. So that can affect Dansby's market. And yeah, he is him and Cray are going to get a lot of money. I mean, Cray is going to get more obviously, but Dansby, I don't think anyone projected him to kind of be approaching 200 million, but it's kind of looking that way. He's looks like he's going to get close. And uh, I don't think the Braves are comfortable paying that because um, they weren't comfortable paying 140. <laughs> so I don't think, I just, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's, I still think it's more likely Dansby is signed than Correa, but I feel like if the Braves are thinking, if we got to spend a ton of money on one guy, let's just go ahead and get Correa because he's just a lot better than Dansby. He's a little bit younger. I'm not, I'm not expecting that. I think Vaughn's the shortstop unless, there's a trade we don't know about that's happening somewhere for some guy that's available or Mark Bowman reported Elvis Andrews is an option <laughs> and <laughs> people did not like that. <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would love, love to see the reaction of uh, Elvis Andrews is the starting shortstop next season. But uh, yeah, it's a weird situation. Then left field too. That's still a question mark. Um, bunch of fridges got off the board, bunch of outfielders. So yeah, it's still some question marks for sure. But yeah, I'll... I'm 
I'm just uh, I'm just waiting for the press release that we uh, re-signed Adam Duvall to a one-year four million dollar deal. <laughs> that seems likely now, and I, I, I'm fine with that. I love Adam Duvall. I think he's good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I will say this before we move on. Um, this is kind of like a whole Braves in general statement. The extensions that the Braves have signed look even better now after this offseason. Like especially like the Austin Riley and Matt Olson ones, like because I couldn't imagine what they would be getting right now if they were on the market. And obviously the Acuna and obvious ones, they've always looked good, but uh and Strider too, because starting pitchers have just been getting paid insane money. Like Tywan Walker got $72 million. And I think Strider's contract was 76 million. So that shows you that that those deals are looking better with the, the way these guys are coming off the board and the 22 million Matt Olson's gonna get paid and 25 that Austin Riley's gonna get paid. That's not going to be a lot of money in a few years, like at all, with the way things are going. So, uh, yeah. Do you got any final brave thoughts where we talk some Hawks here? Yeah, that's exactly why AA likes to lock these gun guys up because yeah. he knows he knows what happens when free agency looms. Yeah, he's learned he learned that last year with Freddie. He's learned that now with Dansby. And yeah, it seems like if you don't get one of those extensions, you might just not be coming back with the Braves. You don't if you hit free agency, you might be a goner. So. Uh, yeah, guys probably got that in the back of their minds for sure with the way things are going. But still, Dansby's still a possibility, I think, for sure. But uh, it doesn't. It just seems less likely by the day. So, uh, yeah, we can move on and uh, talk some Hawks. To they had a weird week. Also, um, they went one and three, which isn't good at all. Uh, they almost had a four game losing streak, but they saved it last night with a miracle win over the Bulls. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. But uh. We're talking about the games. We talk about the injuries, which they've just been off the chain lately. Dejounte Murray got hurt in the Knicks game. He's out for at least two weeks. Collins is still out for two weeks at least. Uh, Hunter missed the first three games. Came back played against the Bulls. Uh, I know we talked about this before we started recording, but the injury report tonight against the Grizzlies is insane. Trey Bogey. Uh, I don't think Hunter's playing. Collins isn't playing. Murray isn't playing. Capello's uh, game time decision. So they're about to be fielding a pretty bad team tonight against the Grizzlies, it looks like. Uh, so the uh, the injuries have been bad. They've had some bad luck there recently. But, uh, yeah, we can uh, talk about the first game against the Thunder. This was just like the most typical game of this, like typical Hawks game this year. They they followed their script perfectly. They lose to the Thunder, 121 to 114. And uh, they led by minus 14 points the second half, and they lost. So, yeah, it's just par for the course for this Hawks team as uh, they had a pretty big lead in the later stages of this one. So uh, what do you think about this Thunder game? Because uh, it was just another frustrating game, for sure. Yeah, it seems like every game has been going like this, up four lead, uh, heading into the fourth, and then you get outscored by 11, lose by seven. I mean, it's just – or lose by, uh, yeah, yeah, seven. Um, yeah. It, it just seems like it's right on right on cue for the, the Hawks right now. They just can't finish games um, against bad teams too. So it, it's just unfortunate, man. And uh, – yeah, it's how it's going. Yeah, and the Thunder, they're not completely awful. They're not good, but they do have Shai Gojus Alexander, who is playing like a top five MVP candidate so far this year. He's been awesome and he was great in this game. He had 35 points. Uh so I mean he's gonna he's he's gonna beat you. He's he's really good. And you got you kind of get to live with that. But uh everything else though, yeah, this one was rough. Rough defense second half, gave up 67 points. It's never good. Uh, especially against a team that's last their division like the Thunder are. But uh, we can move on to the next one, which didn't get much better from here. So they went to New York for a little road trip to play the Knicks and the Nets, and the Knicks just smoked them. Uh, Murray did get hurt four minutes into the game, 
which that didn't help things at all, I'm sure. But uh, 113 to 89, the Knicks just stomped them. And that's that's how you know things are going wrong with the Hawks when the Knicks are stomping you, as Hawks have notoriously just owned the Knicks uh, the past couple of years. But yeah, they just smashed us. Julius Randle had a great game, 34 and 17. I didn't realize he had 34 and 17. Wow. So good game for him, but they got outscored by 11 in the first, and it was just kind of all downhill from there. So what do you think about this one? It's a rare occurrence when the Knicks beat the Hawks like this. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks were not missing. Um, mm-hmm. They just started hot and stayed hot. I mean, Julius Randle was disgusting. He made six three-pointers, uh, which is crazy to see. But, you know, looking at our offense, sixteen, we shot 16.7% from three. Bogey was 0 for 10, very rough yeah. night. Yeah. Um, and everything just went downhill right when we got um, DeJounte. Right when DeJounte went down, it just – the vibes were not there, and uh, we just got we just got outplayed in every possible way. Yeah, the three-point shooting was brutal. Um, they did take a lot of threes, which uh, is good. I like, guess uh, some kind of glimmer of hope. They took 36 threes, which is more than they usually take, but they only made six of them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Bowie went 0 for 10. That's obviously bad, but he's he's made up for the past couple games. He's been awesome. But A.J. Griffin, 1 for 8. Trey went 0 for 4. Uh, Trey still really can't buy a bucket, um, which is which is tough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we can move on to this next game because this one was actually an interesting game, a good game um, against Brooklyn. Uh, they they lost it 120 to 116, but uh, this one was a little bit more fun because Bogey just went ballistic in this one. He was awesome. Uh, really bounced back, like I said, from that 0 for 10 against uh, the Knicks. But uh, let me pull up his numbers here. I believe he had 31 points. Yeah, he had uh, 31 off the bench, 12 of 18 from the field, 7 of 9 for 3. Well, that's a lot better, obviously. And, uh, yeah, they just couldn't pull this one out at the end. Really good game, though. Um, I mentioned uh, this in the notes that uh, have, not having Hunter for this one really sucked because of he's just kind of the guy that would guard Kevin Durant. That's just how, how it goes. Uh, so that, that left it up to Jalen Johnson a lot, which, uh, I mean, I'm not really going to blame Jalen that much because it's Kevin Durant. He's just – he's Kevin Durant. He's going to beat Jalen Johnson. Um, but he was really good in this one, um, and Kyrie was too. And when those stairs are cooking, um, as much controversy the Nets have and as dysfunctional as they may be, when those two guys put up 34 and 33, they have a good chance of winning, and that's what they did, and they won. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a valiant effort from the Hawks, though, being down Collins, still Hunter and Murray against a Nets team that is playing better. I thought it was a decent effort to be in this game, though. So what about you? Yeah, the Nets have really flipped the script since the start of the year. They're playing good basketball right now. Um, seemed like the first half we couldn't stop KD. Um, and then the second half we couldn't stop Kyrie. Um, those are two guys that you got to keep your eye on, man. They'll just get hot any any moment, any spark they get. Um, but it was a tough game. I, I know the last two possessions were very frustrating. Um, you know, on the defensive side of things, we couldn't yeah. get a rebound. They the the Nets got two offensive rebounds on the last possession and one on the possession prior to that, and they just ate they ate the clock up. I mean, offensive rebounds killed us. Um, we just had no no presence in the paint. Re- rebounding has been a huge problem for the Hawks this year. Um. And so that that kind of killed the rally at the end of the game. And we were in it. We were very, very much in it. Um, so that was that was really tough to watch after just bogey just was annihilating seven of nine from three. Um, yeah, it was just a tough one to swallow, man, because we were right in it the whole way. Yeah, and it would have been it would have been like a really nice win uh, being down three starters in Brooklyn 
That would just been awesome to pull this one out. Um, yeah, Bogey played good. Trey, his numbers would indicate that he played like very well, 33 and nine, uh, but he didn't shoot the ball super efficiently. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't as good as 33 and nine looks on the, on the box score. Um, you know, he, he still had some, some trouble in this one. He had eight turnovers, which is just way too high from him. I know he's a guy that's going to turn the ball over a little more than most because of just how much he's passing the ball around, but uh, eight, that's too many. You can't live with that. And uh, yeah, this was, this was a tough one, but uh, still not like a, it, it was just, it sucked because it was the third loss in a row more than anything. Just like in a vacuum, just losing, losing to the nets on the road without Collins, Hunter and Murray. That's fine. Like that's just a game you're probably going to lose. Uh, but uh, they were able to stop the bleeding last night. Uh, avoided a four game losing streak, which would have just been bad avoided going under 500 because they were 13 and 13 going into this one. Uh, but they win against the bulls at home, 123 to 122. I think this was the craziest game of the year so far for the Hawks. Maybe this one or that Raptors game, which had very similar endings with AJ Griffin. But uh, yeah, this was a huge win to pull this one out. Um, DeMar DeRozan absolutely cooked the Hawks in this one. He did that all last year too. He, he just plays very well against Atlanta for whatever reason. He had 34 points. He had a big play at the end where he got fouled, but, uh, Talk about that in a second, but Bogey was awesome again in this one. 28 points, 10 of 22, 6 of 14, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. He was awesome. Uh Trey couldn't shoot the ball at all in this one, really. Did have a did have a couple, had a big three towards the end of regulation, hit a big shot in overtime to put the Hawks up. Um, he had those two big shots, but other than that, he was pretty bad. Shooting the ball five of 18, two of eight from three, missed two free throws, which isn't great, but I thought he was really good at facilitating. He had a season high 14 assists. Um, so he was still, I think he was still a very much a positive in this one, even though he couldn't really shoot that well um, with the big shots and just the um, overall finding bogey, finding AJ Hunter, who I think played pretty well in his return, uh, just finding all those guys. He was, he was really good. I think he's probably one of his best passing games of the entire season. Uh, so yeah. What do you think about this one before we talk about the, uh, what do you think about all the way up until the last, I don't know, but what one second really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Trey, even on a night when he didn't have a shot, he was facilitating the offense. He was controlling it. He was playing good. Um, five of 18, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, he played bad. But no, he, he was he was very much in rhythm with the offense the entire night. Like you said, 14 assists. He was he was huge at setting his uh, teammates up to, for good looks. Um, yeah, Bogey was fantastic off the bench. You know, he's supposed to be on a uh, little bit of a clock. You know, time management. Yeah, he played 36 minutes, and the They've night before, been blowing through it. <laughs> yeah, they're just letting them play, man, and it's kind yeah. of scary. But you know, if that's what you got to do to win games. I'm, I'm here for it. If he, if he's healthy, he's, he's healthy. So, um, you know, he'll get some rest tonight. We know that, so it'll be good for him. Yeah. Um, but it was an absolutely crazy game. Um, you know, like you said, DeRozan went off. He didn't shoot one three pointer and had 34 points. Mid range like, god. Mid-range and free throw God. That yeah. dude can draw fouls. He's very good at yeah. drawing fouls. Um, but yeah, Zach Levine played good. Look, the Bulls did not play bad. No, they, uh, they didn't. They played a very tough game. And uh yeah, let's get let's get to the final let's get to the final little hoorah. Yeah, we should mention at the end of regulation, uh Derek Jones, he got fouled um with the Hawks up one. I think AJ Griffin fouled him on the Bulls like last chance uh game winner. But uh, he made the first free throw and missed the second one. Then the clock just ran out because there was like half a second left when he was shooting free throws. So that says overtime. So that was a miracle in itself that he missed both of those. Uh, so that was good. And we got overtime. The Hawks were pretty control for majority of the period. 
Uh, but we get to the end. Game is tied uh, with Hawks the chance to win the game on a buzzer beater. And Trey knocks down a really nice step back mid-range jumper. Biggest shot of the night right there. We did leave one second on the clock. Um, Bulls call a timeout, and they get a play out of the timeout for DeMar. And like you said, DeRozan didn't attempt a three all night. He did attempt a three right here. And uh, he, he went for a uh, – Bulls were down two, went for just the Hail Mary, uh, like fadeaway 25-footer. Like it was a bomb. And uh, Bogey um, – I know we've just sung his praise the entire podcast. This was a bad foul by Bogey. If DeMar makes that three, like hat off. like Tip your cap. Yeah. Yeah. You can't foul him. He fouls him pretty clearly. And uh, DeRozan goes to the line, makes all three, of course. And uh, that left half a second left on the clock. So, yeah, bad play by Bogey, but he gets bailed out in a big way by his teammates. Uh, so the Hawks had two timeouts left, call one after that, set up a play uh, with Trey actually inbounding the ball. But uh, Trey couldn't get the ball out, calls the second timeout. And then they switch it around for Jalen Johnson to inbound the ball and put Trey out on the court. And uh, credit to Jalen. He made a really, really nice uh, pass in to A.J. Griffin to find him. And A.J. just made a really awkward-looking play um, to get it, to even get this shot up on time with only half a second left. That's impressive in itself, but kind of gets turned around a little bit and just puts up a layup, and he makes it, and the game's over. And um, I was kind of nervous in, in real time watching it. I was like, oh, God, did he get it off? I hope I'm just not getting excited for nothing. I was in the car watching it, too, while I was driving, which – was not helping things, but uh, yeah, when he made that, that was just like, oh my God, this guy is incredible. Uh, but shot, they reviewed it. The shot stood game winner, just an awesome play. What'd you think of it? Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go back a little bit to the bulls, um, their play. I don't know what they were talking about in that timeout, but the play they drew up was horrific. I mean, they yeah. threw it into DeMar. He caught it, did a 360 and just threw up a three. Like there was no, set screen there was no movement at all it was just a get the ball into DeRozan and let him shoot it um it was a Hail Mary shot I don't know what Bogey was doing um you know you're down to you cannot foul when someone is shooting a three I don't even care if he makes it he makes it man that's just yeah. like I said tip your cap um but moving the ball down uh after calling the timeout for the Hawks that was such an athletic play um by AJ Griffin to catch it turn it in midair and throw it up in, in 0.5 seconds. Um, it was just fantastic. And and actually, Nate McMillan um, said that after the game that the assistant coach, Joe Prunty, was the one that drew up the game-winning yeah. play. So credit to him, man. It was uh, fantastic because 0.5 seconds, you really don't have time to catch, get a stance and shoot. It's kind of just like a tip, throw it up. Yeah. Um, you know, I was expecting to see one of our big guys down low, not A.J. Griffin, uh, kind of maybe getting the alley oop or something, but I mean that was just it was just awesome. I'm so happy for AJ Griffin and the Hawks really really needed that win. Uh, we we couldn't oh, yeah. win a, a, a we couldn't lose a fourth in a row. That would have just been devastating, man. Yeah, it would have been bad. Uh, would have been four in a row, and they would have dipped to 13 and 14 on the year, which isn't bad, uh, which isn't good. But uh, 14 and 13 looks a lot better than 13 and 14, obviously. And, uh, yeah, that was just a crazy play. Second one AJ's had like that this year of just a game-winning layup, <laughs> which is kind of funny. He had the one against Toronto earlier, which was just a, kind of an even more awesome play of that one, that full court. Uh, DeJounte to trade to AJ. That was great. Um, he did AJ didn't have the greatest game shooting the ball. He went 2 of 11 from 3, but he made the biggest shot of the night uh, with that layup. And just a super athletic play. Obviously, the guy is a 19-year-old. He was just already established himself in the largest way possible. 
he's just uh he's incredible and he just keeps on making huge plays and helping this team out so much and yeah that was uh, credit to Jalen Johnson too that was a really really nice uh pass in on the inbound pass Mm -hmm. yes credit to him um but yeah just a really fun game really um all the stuff that happened at the end was great and uh one last thing, I want to shout out Trent Forrest. I, I'm going to talk about him during the Nets game, but he's been playing great on defense. He knows his role. He doesn't shoot any threes because he knows he can't make them. He doesn't do that. He just plays good defense. I mean, he makes great decisions on offense. So I, I like Trent Forrest a lot. Doesn't turn the ball over. I think he's been a nice little boost with these injuries. And he plays good defense. So um, Hawks need that, as always. But, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy game. And uh, they play the Grizzlies tonight. Um Second half of back to back in Memphis. The Grizzlies are good. They're 17 and 9, and the Hawks have nobody. So I'm a hold on. I gotta see what the spread is in this game now. <laughs> How bad this probably is right now. Nine, nine and, and a half. half. Nine <laughs> and a half. That's that's a large spread. Uh but yeah, the Hawks have nobody. Like we said, uh Trey, Bogey, Murray, Collins. Um, I think Hunter's out also. Capella's a game time decision. Like it's it's bad. Um, bad injury report, but if Hawks can win this game tonight, that'd be crazy. And the and the Grizzlies have won five in a row, so they're hot too. So it's uh it's gonna be a tough one, but uh I'm 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 actually interested to see how they manage this one of who's gonna get a, a lot of minutes. Um, expect a lot of AJ Griffin in this one again and a Kongwu. They're gonna play a ton. <laughs> yeah, I would I would be pretty mad if I bought tickets for this game last week. Um, yeah. the the Grizzlies are actually not even gonna have John Moran out there. Oh, um, he's not so playing. That- no, yeah, he's out. He's out. Oh so that'll help good. a little bit. Um, this yeah. is like a minor league game, a G League game. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I know when we were very injured when we went to um, Denver and played the Nuggets, uh, yeah. we pulled out a win, but we still had DeJounte. He was the only one out there. Um, I know Trey, John, Hunter, a bunch of guys were out that night. So hopefully we can put a little magic together. And, you know, I, this is kind of a prayer, man. <laughs> so Yeah, it is. Um but I'm trying to trying to make sure to see if DeAndre is playing tonight. And I apologize, my dogs are going nuts down there. Yeah, he's but, playing. Uh, he's playing. Okay, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Um, but yeah, he's like it's DeAndre is like one of the only starters playing tonight, especially if Capella's not playing. So yeah, it's gonna be a weird game. Probably gonna be a bit disgusting, honestly. But uh, I'm I'm with it. I'm down for it. So um, yeah. Oh yeah, one last thing. It's Desmond Ritter time. I forgot. Desmond Ritter yes. is playing on Sunday against the Saints. Um, or Falcons had a bye week, so no news on them except for Ritter is playing. Um, and I think Mariota is going on the IR too with a knee injury. It was like a chronic knee injury or something. Um, so he won't be even be the backup. They call up some guy from the practice squad. I'm blanking on his name. My apologies to him, but uh, he's the backup quarterback for next week. So yeah, big game though. The Bucks lost. They got destroyed by Brock Purdy, <laughs> and um, I pulled this up. Just for the sake of doing it, I looked up um, on five thirty. You can like select the games and see who's going to select two wins, and uh, it spits out percentage on if they win these games. If the Falcons win and the Bucks lose, Falcons are back up to fourteen percent to make the playoffs. <laughs> hey, <They're> still alive. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I don't know about the playoffs really. Um, that that'd be that'd be cool if that could uh, somehow happen, but um. I just want to see Ritter play and uh, playing against the Saints in your first game. It's a big deal. This is a game that everybody wants to win against New Orleans, and I'm sure he's going to be ready for it, and I'm just excited to see him play. Yeah, 100%, man. I've been waiting on this. Um, you're really going to see what he's got in these last four games. Um, you know, playoff run or not, I don't really care. Show me what Ritter's got. Um, 
yeah, I'm so excited for the Saints game, even though both of us are very bad, not really in contention. But, hey, you're saying there's a chance, 14%. Let's ride it out. I'm, I've been tricked before. I'm a fool. So let's ride. <laughs> yeah. If they win this game and, and the Bucks play the Bengals. So I, I assume they're going to lose that game because they just, I mean, they're bad, dude. The 49ers beat the hell out of them. And the 49ers yeah. are good, but they are down Brock. They're down Garoppolo and Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, which good for him. He's playing really good. Um, But yeah, it's, it's definitely like if they win this game and the Bucks lose, I'm going to, I'm going to be a back in. I'm all, I'm all in. <laughs> and especially if, Ritter, if Ritter looks good too, also, that's going to be a big thing. And if De- like we talked about making the playoffs with Mariota of how that just be cool. If Ritter could take us to the playoffs, that would be awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for a big time. I'm super excited to see him play. It sucks. Cal Pitts isn't going to be out there with him. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. And it's always fun. We play the saints this game. You always want to win no matter what's going on with your season. So uh, yeah, super excited for that one. And, uh, yeah, I think we covered it all. Uh, if you have any final thoughts, you can say them now. Forever hold your peace. Yeah, here we go. So if Desmond Ritter takes the Falcons to the playoffs this year, I am buying a jersey. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's a bet. I might match. I might match. Actually, I will match. <laughs> I'll get a throwback one. I said I might Let's because go. I don't love the Falcons jerseys, but I'll get a throwback one. I'll match. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely – yeah, I might get a white <laughs> one, but – I'm, not, I'm definitely not getting that black and faded red one. No, you're not no getting the you. ombre, the gradient. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'll match 100%. I'm in on that one for sure. So uh, yeah, I think we uh, covered it all on this one. So we'll be back this time next week. Another episode, talk some Falcons, Saints. Maybe the Braves have done something. Hopefully the Hawks have uh, can build off that one against the Bulls for sure. So yeah, if you made this far listening, we really, really appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next one. Thank you.